0: Our grog. Hey guys, it's the Sideshow Podcast with me, Peter Fickling, and Matthew Weir. Uh, I'm afraid Kerry is sick this week. We heard her, didn't we, Matthew, last night?
1: She was rivaling you for croakiness in terms of phoning in sick for the podcast.
0: Let's actually hear it. Let's hear the croakiness. Hello. I've just realised it's our anniversary, isn't it? And I'm missing it, so I'm sad about that. Um bloody hell. But yeah, looking forward to hearing the lads version of the podcast this week. And sorry that COVID has taken me down, bastard thing. So Matthew, who knew that Kerry was Peggy Willie? <laughs> Peggy Willie is is Kerry. What a shocker.
1: She's gone full method, hasn't she?
0: There's no faking that, that's proper ill, isn't it?
1: It was you a couple of weeks ago, wasn't it? It's Kerry now. I mean, I'm meant to be flying to England on Saturday. Everyone I know, either uh, family and friends I'm planning to see and stay with, either they've either got COVID or they're planning to get it next week. COVID
0: is very on trend at the moment. It's very fashionable.
1: Peter said to me off air, you're definitely going to get it when you're over. (laughs) Which is a really (laughs) nice, really, really nice promise.
0: I Well, I mean... I obviously like my mum's got it at the moment. She was anything that could put my mum in bed. You don't mess with. I mean, my mum is tough as nails. Um, Hello, mum. And, you know, Ket Warbis is famously, you know, made of the good stuff. She's a, a, you know, Chuck Yeager um, in a dress uh, with a sausage roll. Um, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to dismiss, um, COVID, but I I actually ended up being quite happy to get it in the end because I think it's like hanging over me for two years. So finally to get it out of the way, uh, once I knew I was all right, my family was all right. I was kind of quite lent into it, but yeah, so I'm not wishing it upon you, but you know, I mean, you might as well get it out of the way and if you want to get it, England's a good place to come.
1: Yeah. So I hear, um, (laughs) Kerry said yesterday that, she was even having trouble looking at screens. And I did also notice uh on a Reuters website that porn Pornhub's stock had plummeted. <laughs> I don't know if the two things are connected.
0: Oh, oh poor Kerry. I mean, you know, but she's if she has this reputation, she's only got herself to blame, I think. So, you know.
1: Pork scratching porn is a pretty niche market, but yeah, the videos are out there if you look for them.
0: How are we going to segue from um, processed meat porn to, <laughs> to, to The Archers?
1: How about um, Josh making a movie called Hen Heaven?
0: That was really weird, wasn't it? Like Josh suddenly having this kind of test with uh, um, Vince Casey. They played the long game on that plot. I think one of us, you or me, alluded to it a couple of weeks ago that you know Vince had had this kind of like avuncular a chat with Josh on the roadside.
1: So I think Vince is slowly taking over everything. And it's all connected with Liz and David, Lizzie, Elizabeth, Jesus. So people get so funny about what you call it. Elizabeth, David, you know, getting his claws into Fred's business. If you can call Fred's business a business and getting his feet under the table with Josh. I think there's something going on there. Why is he cozying up to those two all of a sudden?
0: As anyone who has heard me talk about Vince before will know, I am extremely biased. So I'm going to try and put that down. I don't feel like it's malicious. It does feel like it's coming from a good place. But then there's always those, those, that the earliest introduction of Vince as a character where we were warned these, you know, uncompromising, tough, um, out for profit at all costs. So, and then also, you know, if you look what they've done with some of the characters, who's a good example? Uh, Rory, you know, who we'll talk about later. I mean, there's no reason to believe they can't just, you know, turn Vince into a completely different character overnight. But yeah, I don't, I don't quite see the motivation, in, unless you know, the one that I want, which is just that he's a nice guy and he's looking out for some young people he admires. Well, well, not Freddie, obviously. He's got there's a different uh,
1: incentive. <laughs> I just think it's possibly an attempt to to spite David. I, I think it's a power play. I think it's a bit of a, a grab for these things around the village, and um, maybe it cements his position a little more and it's innocent, like you say. But mm. uh, yeah, I, I mean, we got to find out that he's got a, a love of 80s music. Not entirely unbelievable, is it?
0: This is where we need Kerry um, because obviously, you know, you and I were around in the 80s, but she was actually in the, in the clubs. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I didn't appreciate his choice of songs. You know, what was it? Spandau Ballet, uh, Wham! And uh, one other. Uh, I didn't, I didn't think if I, if I was trying to sell the eighties to another generation, those would not be the, the acts or songs I would pick.
1: You're channeling um, an ex of mine who was uh, a few years, my junior, who uh, a little time ago, we were passing a nightclub with a group of friends and there was an eighties night. And she said, for some reason, Matthew would love that. He remembers the eighties. Like, Is that a diss? A compliment? Yeah, Absolutely. What, what were his choices? So he liked Duran Duran because a mate of his went to school with Nick Rhodes.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I misremembered that. Sorry, yeah. Uh,
1: and actually, funnily enough, the specials got a shout-out. Yes. On, and last, quite pertinent because last week, Kerry was giving the specials a shout-out in uh, Too Much Too Young. Yeah. And we were discussing ska music. So.
0: I didn't know a huge amount about the specials until recently. I still don't know a huge amount, but I did enjoy them absolutely shooing UB40. Um, yes you know which which, so i never quite understood why everyone hated ub40 so much until i heard the specials and a few other people from the reggae and ska scene um talking about how um, they just couldn't get airplay and ub40 you know were just waltzed onto air because they had um you know ali campbell uh Mm -hmm. up front but yeah
1: the reformation of the specials was entirely funded by ex crystal palace chairman simon jordan who paid them x amount Millions to get back together for his birthday. Um, Simon Jordan is a twat, despite all of that.
0: You said in about two seconds what I could have said in about half an hour. We could have gone. <laughs> we could have gone down there one hell of a big uh, uh, why why I hate Simon
1: Jordan hole. Have you ever seen? Have you seen Eastbound and Down? Uh, I have. Yes, the car, the Will Ferrell character is Simon Jordan in that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> to your point earlier, Matthew, I do think it is credible that Vince you know, is, is a bit of a muso. Like, you know, it's, it, it's, a. Uh, I mean, we've talked before about how Ambridge is the home of class snobbery. And I do like the fact that Vince as a character has challenged that a few times, like famously his argument, with well, the way that he teased Russ in the, uh, in the art gallery. But, um, but yeah, so I think it's, it's nice that he's interested in, in the music, but it's not credible that that's his kind of main motivation. Like, you know, because if he wants to, if he wanted to do a disco, disco, look at me, 47 years old. If you wanted to do a club night, he would just pay, pay someone to do it. Like, it's all, like you were saying, it's all about getting in with Freddie, currying favor, showing Lizzie that he's a good partner. Um, and, and also, you know, like, like you said earlier on, um, showing to david and the rest of the archers family that he's more than just a, a guy who chops up animals for a living
1: <laughs> i like the way you, you ended with that last bit i was like okay yeah 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 and in the end it just makes it, it pretty much makes him sound like a serial killer right in the end
0: well that is i mean that's that i mean that's the truth of it isn't it i mean i've been struggling with uh anyway we could go, i was about to go on another huge digression but like veganism veganism's good eating animals bad although i'm not going to stop
1: did you see Dot Cotton's obituary in the Times, I think it was?
0: Why she was she a, was she a dedicated carnival?
1: Yeah, the mother of all gear changes. Um hang on. It reads June Brown, Dot Cotton actress in East Enders dies at ninety five. A very bright light has gone out East Enders, today, but we shall be raising a sweet sherry in June's memory. As a child, there was nothing June Brown liked better than putting a rabbit in a biscuit tin, gassing it, and then cutting it up. Nowadays, people would scream in horror at the thought, she said. But we were not sentimental about field animals. I love dissection.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Well, um, you know, another, uh, uh, another carrier-like out there in the world. That's probably what, what got Nick off on the wrong path. Uh, nasty Nick. Yeah, Nearly Get ended cotton. up in, uh, in Doc Cotton's big tin. <laughs> I remember, um, I remember when I was a kid. Um, you'd see rat, rabbit. We 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 ate we ate a lot of rabbit when I was a kid. You'd often see rabbits up in the butcher's windows with little buckets on the head to catch. Oh, birds. it's co-
1: it's commonplace here as well.
0: Is it? Oh, okay. You still you still have ra- oh, what in Portugal?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get rabbit in little. I do
0: think we've got more squeamish over here. The meat's kind of hidden a bit, isn't it? You don't tend to see quite so much. Um, of this sort of evisceration, anyway, this is lovely, isn't it? Um, <laughs> so Vince, <laughs> Vince is Vince is um, uh, um, whitewashing his um, his appearance to appear, you know, more gentrified in front of the village. But what strange vehicle, Freddie? Because I went on a bit of a Freddie tirade. Was it last week or the week before? I can't remember. Mm, every week, isn't it? It should be every week because he's such a bell end at the moment. Um, he, th- th- there was one moment that summed it up. And I'm sure everyone knows it. It was the bit where he started kind of um, uh, uh, dropping the fact that his family owned a stately home to this new visitor to the hotel. Who, who hadn't even noticed it. Yeah. I was just, I mean, I, I, it uh, it seemed incongruous. Like he's never seemed that kind of arrogant, but it, it but it did. It was more the thing I was picking up on was his total lack of kind of social grace. He just doesn't, under, he doesn't seem to kind of, a dovetail with the world in any kind of useful way. It's always Freddie's way is best. And the other scene of course, was um, when he was just kind of um, when Lizzie was sort of like, you know, chiding and prodding him to try and get his, um, his stupid egg thing in gear. And he was obviously completely oblivious yet again to the practicalities.
1: Yeah. He doesn't seem to be maturing as a character. All right. I mean, you can say the story arc going down for dealing wobbly eggs, and then setting up your own DJ business, that is a bit of an upward curve. But he seems very naive about everything. I mean, naively optimistic, has to be said. And there was a point where he said, mum's going to love it. And you just knew that in one or two episodes time was going to be Lizzie going, this is all fucking awful, Freddie. What have you done? And that's exactly what happened. She Mm. was lambasting him for lack of preparation. I don't know. He's... he's, uh... What was the thing with Adil Shah not really realising that, you know, oh, you work here, do you? And then, then she had to point out he wasn't the manager. No when he works in the kitchen. Like, that's something awful. I didn't really understand all of that.
0: I assumed he was in a little kind of crushed velour bellhops uniform with a kind of giant gold cage next to him. But <laughs> uh, obviously it's not that kind of hotel.
1: No. And, yeah, there was that bit where Tracy said, uh, he'll help you with the bags. And he was like, oh, will I? It's like, well, you do work here, Freddie, you know, I mean, when you're not completely um, erroneously tarting up a room for no reason whatsoever, it's absolutely ludicrous that they would have gone in and put um, petals on the sideboard or whatever the hell they did and chocolates on the pillow. Mm. Well, according to you, they'd be too busy having sex in spare rooms. Oh, absolutely. And that's the other thing. Don't get me started on that. The fact that nobody knows yet what's happened between Roy and Freddie, not knowing what Tracy and Jazza did is l- literally unbelievable. The, the only thing that's testament to is the fact that Oliver can keep a secret because in any other hotel, that would be right around the hospitality staff straight away.
0: A restaurant is not, place, it's not a good place to have a secret life. No, absolutely not. So we were talking about Vince, then Freddie's a bellend, um, and... And, then, um, and then Adil turns up, this mysterious new character.
1: Yes, who is obviously buying
0: Grey Gables, right? It's yeah, I I. Uh, it's a bit like when people tell you oh, you've got to listen to this new album, and then you're you know, and then you you know, like I've never seen Schindler's List, I think, because everyone told me it was so good. Um, I people have been so certain that Oliver's selling Grey Gables, and so convinced that that's the case that he's the he's the prospective buyer that I've been determined not to believe it. So cause sell it to me. Why am I? Why why do I have to buy into it?
1: Because Oliver seems distracted and I got the impression Roy is in on it as well, because there was that moment. roy I think Roy let Tracy run with the idea that it was another woman, because at one point Tracy said, I'll ask Kathy. And Roy went, no, it's OK. I just messaged Kathy about whether it's another woman. And Kathy said it's not. And there was absolutely no way that he had time to do that. So I think Oliver's selling up. He's keeping it from the others. It's a Manchester City-style takeover, I think, you know. Very you quick know, side note,
0: it... Matthew. You do realise that only a few of us can actually tell when you do a West Country accent or try to do one. For the... <laughs> it just sounds <laughs> Did... like you're carrying on as normal, but yeah. So to... Did to... I actually go into Tracy's voice? Did I go into Tracy's voice there? I thought you were trying to do a little bit of Roy or Tracey then. Um, oh, yeah. I
1: can't do Roy's accent. It's wholly bizarre. I can't even nail down what Roy... I mean, I know, I know people who... Who sound like that? Not in my immediate circle of friends, but I I can't even get his uh, his the way he pronounces certain words. Oh, but yeah, if I if if I if me doing Tracy just sounds like me, that's yeah. great. A, fr- a, fr- a friend from a long time ago who listened to the podcast recently told me that my my Bristolian accent has come back in force, despite the fact that I haven't lived in, lived in Bristol for a long time. I blame the archers.
0: I'm ashamed that my West Country, country accent isn't more to the fore. Um, so you know, it's nice to hear. Um, the sounds of home once a week through you.
1: Your loss of accent and your good deportment, all as a result of being made to walk with loads of books on your head at school, isn't it, Peter? I
0: occasionally, I occasionally paint out a tooth so I can sort of, you know, uh, <laughs> fit in more. So Roy is in on the, in on the, um, uh, on the act.
1: That was the impression I got because the whole idea that he messaged Kathy seemed utterly um, vacuous. Otherwise, why would it be in there? Yeah there's no way he quickly texted Cathy to say is as Roy got a um a lady friend i don't see that happening
0: mm. maybe it maybe it is one of those situations where the, the the obvious is the truth so i i didn't like mr shah i i thought he was a bit of a prick he seemed overly excited about quite banal details and sort of also looked like childishly naive and i don't know if that's I'm irritated with the character, or maybe the writing. I can't tell which.
1: Mm. I thought he was going to invite Tracy for dinner at Les. Tereseras. Is that the name? I thought yeah. he, there there might be kind of the um, oh, it's in every soap opera, isn't it? That the uh, the rich, dashing prince sweeps the uh, the chambermaid off her feet and takes her out for dinner, and it will be yeah. to the de- to the uh, to the loss of Jazzer, but I don't know.
0: I think Tracy's immune to such pretensions. I don't even think she'd be, I don't even think her head would be turned by them. No matter how many ovens Mr. Shah could replace, I don't think um, <laughs> she would, um, um, you know, give up Jazza
1: for him. No, let's hope not. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they do with his character. I think I saw something involving him in Sunday's episode. So we'll see. Yeah. There's an He's an act- a good-looking man, the actor. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there'll be. Mm. I mean, not only maybe he's the Easter Bunny because that's going to be revealed <laughs> on Sunday. <laughs> that will be a surprise. Yeah. why
0: voice now sounds like Alan Carr, but <laughs>
1: <laughs> to be honest, Peter, when you did when you did that um, that voice there, you didn't need to change accent.
0: Oh, uh, I uh, you know uh, I do have a very squeaky nasal voice, so that's cruel no, of I you to say, me. but accurate. I, that's fine. I, I just you know. had to
1: get I had to get one in the bank there.
0: Yeah, you know, um, you know, every bumpkin's got to have their day, Matthew. And you, you've <laughs> had yours. <that's> good. <clears throat> big track, okay. Yeah, I, I, look, look, I, it's it's an in, uh, your and my childhood seem like a uh, that w- we would make an e- interesting case study for um, any psychologist studying the British class system. You know, me with my accent and my family's kind of middle class pretensions, yet across town, Matthew driving apples around his um, palatial home in a big track. Um, you know it's it's a uh, yeah
1: in between getting beaten to Fleetwood Mac oh <laughs> I, I thought uh, am, I, am I gonna have to edit that out no absolutely not um and the best thing is my mum in in uh, celebration of my arrival on the weekend my mum has bought me a Fleetwood Mac t-shirt
0: <laughs> uh, did I you know um did I ever t- when we were talking about parental beatings did I tell you when my my mum stopped hitting me was uh she never hit me very much by the way it's not this is not some kind of tearful story um this is not like the the Gallagher brothers talking about their dreadful childhood but um my mum uh stopped beating my sister when she broke her fancy hairbrush on my sister's bum she was like okay well that's that maybe that's a sign from the gods that I've got to stop and with me it was when she went to smack me with one of those rolled up kind of like rattan beach mats okay yeah. And I span around, put her across my lap and gave her a hiding with it instead. And she was <laughs> like, OK, yeah, that's <laughs> that's that's a very, very clear sign that these days are over. But yeah,
1: I th- I thought you were going to say that there was just on one specific occasion. Did I tell you when my mum stopped beating me and it was going to be like when the lion sleeps tonight came on the radio and she's like, oh, I love this tune.
0: No, no, no. no. I mean, my mum, my my mum was always, a, you know, she never her, her heart was never in it like you know i never it was i think it was always more symbolic than it's not like um yeah it's it's, it it, i don't i'm not going to need therapy to get over the um the beatings different times eh? ah happier happier times i mean although you know i mean this is the thing i look at my little boy now i mean yeah this morning though he ran into the road pardon my french he ran into the road and i screamed at him that's like you know it's like oh my god maybe a beating is necessary just you know don't do that anyway yeah um uh, so uh, uh come on we can do an errant child um segue here matthew
1: prohibition of chocolate for every child in ambridge jack and henry aren't allowed to have any uh chris won't let martha eat any consume any sugar um natasha seems to be treated like a child now due to gestational diabetes
0: i mean I, the, the script writers meeting so this the uh, the story editor walks in and goes all right, everyone, sit down. Okay, right, we've had a chat, and we think we really need to draw attention to diabetes and excessive sugar consumption in the UK. It's something that's mattered to everyone. Okay, ideas, please. And then this is what they've ended up with. I mean, do they run out of time? Do they run out of imagination? Uh, you know, uh, uh, Pat creating some kind of chocolate egg speakeasy on the edge of the <laughs> cricket pitch, and then getting caught out by Tracy. And then also the idea that Tracy was going to get super cross about it. That seems like anyway the whole thing.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you have to you have to combine a healthy diet with your fitness regime. <laughs> so the, the the allegation is that the, I mean the Gleason twins wouldn't be tucking in who aren't obviously omnipresent in every single facet of Ambridge life. Now they wouldn't be tucking into a Kinder egg during cricket training.
0: Matthew, I just I would like to pull one out for our fallen sister, Kerry, um, This one's for you. Um, yeah, geriatric cricket is doesn't seem like it's that um calorie consuming so maybe tracy's right
1: and we're to assume that that just became catching practice wasn't it and everything was absolutely fine because they were throwing an easter egg around because tracy was quite upbeat in last mm. night's episode about how training had gone um, tony was there apparently so we so it was from tony to clary to pat that catching practice we didn't hear the gleason twins. twins. now friends.
0: i've got to make a confession i did actually laugh out loud during that scene ah did you yeah, I think it was kind of like um, you know when you're you go to the cinema and you're just kind of like caught up on a wave of the kind of collective uh, uh, you know emotion, and I think I just kind of like I just got kind of carried away with it. I didn't kind of apply any critical critical cri- critical faculties to it. I was just kind of like, oh, this is fun, and started giggling. So you know,
1: it was very um, Sunday episode, wasn't it? That mm. moment, yes. Oh, I- yeah, I mean, we talked before we started recording about how there was just a little bit of a, it, I mean, it was just a bizarre old week, wasn't it? Normally we can say, oh, you know, it was a grueling week or it was, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we always have a little moan before we start. Thank God for the other artists'
0: podcasts so that people can actually hear people say nice things about Yeah, about that's the right, Yeah, <laughs> if we were the only If we were the only ones, my God.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, you won't hear anyone on this podcast, um talking who's been retweeted by ukip <laughs> yeah.
0: so you you were just giving yourself a permission slip to be negative there i feel so go on get stuck in
1: oh it was harmless fun but i did feel this re-listening to wednesday's episode i was like i can just stop this episode halfway through and there doesn't need to be any more analysis of it i mean you've mm. got you've got josh josh and vince with him um i mean just, Does Vince know that Josh was involved in like selling vehicles that were used in Ram raids and then he buggered off to Bali?
0: Wasn't that when Vince bumped into Josh on the road, Josh had broken down or something. And I think Josh kind of did a little mea culpa to Vince. I'm misremembering. I'm probably mashing together. a whole. I mean, there's no way Vince doesn't know about it. Right. The way that, the way that, uh, the Borsetshire agricultural scene is sold to us. It's a very tight community. They all go down the market. They all gossip over a bacon sandwich. Everyone mm. knows everyone. I think it's reasonable to assume that Vince knows.
1: Yeah, everything gets around. I mean, Susan, despite not being a gossip, knew all about the fertilizer chat because she'd earwigged Pat and Ruth talking outside the shop, enough to, to go to Chris to talk about it. Um, but Chris is a little bit, Uh, busy thinking about other things right now are you in any way more sympathetic to chris this week than you were last week
0: so i i have got quite bored on twitter recently of people trying to take sides between these two shites they're both so stupid Everyone seems to be trying to take a side. Uh, is it Chris? Um, is it Alice? Who's wrong? Who's right? They're both. It's completely bananas. Miranda, um, uh, uh, who you know, who people will know from Twitter, had said um, basically, uh, uh, yeah, they've got loads of um, childcare in their laps. They have so much help available. They can share the custody. I, I just, it, it seems like they're trying to find a, a problem to a solution. Sorry, a solution to a problem that's not there. It's absolute madness. And as someone who's a parent of a toddler, and you know our mums are amazing they come and help when they can but they live three hours away so we have to do it all on our own which is fine it's what we bought into but to have two mums on your doorstep it'll take the kids for days at a time i mean oh anyway it's that's a very long-winded way of saying no i don't feel any sympathy for chris but i also don't feel any sympathy for alice um except for the rory thing which we'll talk about later but yeah um yeah it's, it's it's a Also, the only reason I take Alice's side more than Chris's is because at least, you know, uh, um, Alice doesn't sound like she's going to need some kind of, um, uh, uh, um, you know, special uh, um, care as well. Like, oh, Martha needs care. (laughs) Chris needs care. Do you mean
1: at at no point has Alice gone, mum, mum?
0: Oh, Mum, I just got an email and it wasn't exactly what I wanted. So I've had a tailspin. I'm going to go for a walk around the
1: village. <laughs> also needs his food bringing up the f- um from the shop to the flat for him. And then later we hear Susan's making his tea. And jeez, oh, But at the same time, he's like, well, I've, I've decided if I uh if I just take Alice for half of her assets, then I can employ someone else at the forge to do what I do. It's. Uh, it has a backward step for
0: feminism this last week with the arches, with gender, gender roles being held to far too, you know, cliche gender roles being, you know, prescribed and held to far too often. Like, you know, Susan's the mum, she makes food for Neil and for Chris, Chris, you know, uh, um, uh, you've then got, you know, the solution to, and I know part of it's to do with money and to do with the custody battle, but like the, you know, Alice, Alice is supposed to just give up her career, give up, um, you know, her whole life, put her life on hold um, because she wants custody of this kid. That seems like a backward step for me. I don't know. Am I overthinking it?
1: Is that something that's going to be said by a lawyer, a solicitor, though, that you should just stay at home and that's going to make for a more stable um, base when you're in a courtroom? I I don't know. I find it a little
0: it's so moral what the lawyer's done. You should, you know, my, so I, you know, my, I'm sure you've done it, Matthew, with your, you know, when we're teaching, obviously there's a huge moral component. So let's ignore your teaching. Let's go back to your chefing because, you know, th- there are, there are opportunities there, you know, it's like, well, we could do that, but I can save you a lot of money by using this cut, you know, or I can, mm-hmm. all right, you know, like there's, there's stuff you do for your ego and there's stuff you do to actually help the the restaurant owner turn a profit and still keep the customers happy and it's like it feels to me like the, the lawyer is suggesting the course that's going to win the case and not the course that's going to leave people
1: the happiest are you saying that i shouldn't be secretly slipping my students the answers to the test so that my grades look good
0: <laughs> yeah that's why that's why i wanted to dodge the teaching because it's like it's, it's, all, it's, it's a lot clearer isn't it with the teaching but um yeah maybe you shouldn't have had those little scallops as some special treats in between courses matthew that's what i'm saying <laughs> Yeah, I, no, I was I was a bit shocked when you told me that. I'll be honest. Your little chef's treat was to little fry off a little scallop left left, you know, here and there. Pop them in your mouth.
1: Oh, I mean, absolutely. Working on cold larder or starters is the snacker's dream. You eat very well on that, probably because you don't eat eat at normal times. But yeah. Um. So yeah, Alice. Slight. I mean, even though Rory said that. She leaves whiny voicemails. She's definitely the less whiny of the two. Chris just seems to go from catastrophe to catastrophe. He doesn't seem to be able to. How is he going to cope in a courtroom? He's going to totally lose it, isn't he? The thing that you just made me realise is why I'm annoyed with Chris,
0: which is you were saying about he's so sort of whiny. He's entirely reactive, like regardless of whether Alice is right or wrong. You know, forget about that. Forget about her alcoholism. Forget about why she's on this journey. She's got a clear vision of what she wants to do, and she's chasing that. I think she's making a mistake, but that
1: that you know okay. that,
0: that's not the point. Um, Chris is always kind of just, I mean, how is he going to be a good father when this is how it's, it's like, uh, Dad, I'm pregnant with a crack baby, and by the way, I'm moving in with my pimp. Oh, I, I guess I better start trying to teach you about confident male role models or something, you know. And it's just, it, it, he's, uh, that was a very extreme example, wasn't it? <laughs> well
1: that's in next week's episode
0: that shows my lack of imagination i could only go that far i couldn't find anything between a, a, a baby and a crack mum well we, we need amy to develop a crack habit in nottingham first don't we yeah and then she becomes the uh, she becomes the gateway through which martha develops her crippling crack addiction
1: there was something to come out of rory being slightly foul was that he did manage to get ian to say to alice yeah put like maybe put your phone down for five minutes because this idea that a divorce, a messy divorce is like a process that's happening in real time. And there are just armies of lawyers squirreling ar- away, trying to f- each side over where in fact, it's probably like a very slow <laughs> deliberative process, you know? So Chris is mm-hmm. running and going, mom, mom. And Alice is like, Oh my God, it's from my solicitor. That point where Rory said like, well, can you read it later? I know he was being a bit of a twat this week, but there was some method in his shittiness i think in all of that
0: yeah just being you know being ho- being horrible or being a hypocrite doesn't mean you're wrong does it you know he he can be yeah. he can be an asshole and right at the same time i am um, i was wondering why why is alice sticking around and taking all this abuse from rory and i was really not enjoying that episode as well i was getting quite irritated and then she hit him right you know right between the eyes at the end and i you know i sort of i have a sort of muscle memory of liking rory a lot i remember mm-hmm. liking him a lot i remember being a feeling affection towards him and i also remember being pleased that there was going to be a slightly more nuanced uh, uh lgbtq character in the show you know the gay characters up till now have been a little bit kind of you know one-dimensional in my opinion um but uh, but yeah, I'm afraid that, that affection is disappearing quite rapidly. And, and when when uh, when Alice sort of lasered him at the end saying, you know, no one else is spotting your bullshit, but I've I've got you figured out, that was enjoyable for me.
1: Yeah, what do we suppose is going on with Rory? I don't think he's attended more than a week of college while he's been in London.
0: I think he's done exactly what I did, but he's also found a way of making money. I went to university. I went to one seminar, two lectures, and that was me done.
1: What's the source of all his income then? Because it's there is the speculation is rife on the mm. internet, What do we think it is? People
0: keep on saying rent boy or male, you know, like um, something like that. But I think that is, I mean, sorry to be prudish, I think it's a bit offensive. I think it's slightly mm-hmm. homophobic to assume that a uh, bisexual that, that that's where they would turn for money. I don't know, maybe that's me being overly uh, sensitive. The Arches is a silly show, and I often say more offensive things about it, but um. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I imagine it's something like a mate of mine did where he fell in with this crowd who did that thing where they um, basically prey on old people, calling them up and trying to you know scam them into giving away their savings.
1: Yeah, it's, some, it's definitely nefarious, isn't it? The source of his income. I think it'll be something where
0: Rory will try and sell it as being okay, a bit like Rishi Sunak's wife. It's not illegal necessarily, but it's morally bankrupt.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. She's, um, she's in the press a bit, isn't she? Yeah. Luckily, the Archers haven't had her on as a guest about 12 months ago and now found out that she's um, involved in wrongdoing, as they did with Jackie Weaver, which everyone got very <laughs> excited about. I mean, d- delete that episode. She did yes. not have the authority. I think Kerry put it best. She said, as I always suspected, The men in that group were twats, but she was also a twat.
0: Yes. You know, if you're a dung beetle, you're going to get covered in shit. I'd say um, local council politics is, you know, it's a a dung beetle job. There's no, there's no, you know, to to give up your free time to, I mean, I don't know, am I being, am I being unkind? I don't think I necessarily am.
1: No, you're not. You're not. And, you know, and if there are decent parish councillors, members, parish council members out there listening to this, then they won't be offended because they'll know exactly who we're talking about.
0: My analogy holds water because I'm not saying that a dung beetle is an amoral character. I'm just saying that the environment necessitates that you are going to end up covered in order.
1: No, I mean, you know, just based on personal experience, parish councils in rural areas as well, particularly, tend to be full of little hitlers.
0: Yeah. Do you know what, Matthew? You, We have our own rural correspondent on our podcast and it's you, right? The archers need some of this stuff um, for, for, you know, for themselves to sort of like check, you know, do a credibility check on this stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure what Rory's doing, but as I said, I think it's going to be something morally ambiguous. I don't think it'll be something that's clear-cut illegal.
1: I reckon he's running like a dodgy bookies in Soho. Right.
0: Is there, a, is that, is there such a thing as a dodgy bookies?
1: Well, you could, be, you could do a legal gambling yeah i mean when i when i visit my friend when i lived in dublin i used to go up over the border and visit my friend in the in county down and horse racing is on the local pub down a country lane 24 7 and there'll be a guy in the corner of the pub taking bets and you just give him the money and he pays back out i was there on cheltenham gold cup day and i got the winner and it took me about an hour for him to give me my winnings he just did not want to pay out like 200 smackers but it's uh yeah it does happen my
0: favorite thing with irish sports was I used to drink in this pub in south london and um a lot and um uh this uh, the landlord would always have irish sports on and it would this would happen once every few weeks you'd get like a Rory Julian and uh Toby would walk in and they'd be like look can we get the um can we get the england versus uh italy uh you know five nations on please or you know or or manchester united versus chelsea or something and, um, and he'd be like, you know, basically tell him to go f*** themselves. And then, and then the minute they're out the door, he'd be like, Oh, I'd forgotten about that. And on it would go, yeah. <laughs> we'd all watch the football, but yeah, there's no way he was going to turn off his, uh, hurling for, um, some random, he wasn't even a local.
1: The very first, uh, all Ireland final in the, in the Gaelic football that I watched was in Australia and the same buddy of mine from County down, I met him in Australia and uh, that's where that's where we met i mean and he took me to a pub an irish pub and we went upstairs into this little room at 3 in the morning where they were illegally showing the all ireland final i guess his i guess down were in the final that year and the irish national anthem started to play and everyone stood up and just before it started my friend turned around to me and went don't talk <laughs> like this idea that you know it's just absolutely sacrilegious to speak during the national anthem playing. Uh, but yeah, w- once you live in, once you live in Ireland and you really kind of get into that, you understand the passion behind it.
0: I've been trying to bring myself up to date with um, Irish history of late. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not that complicated. The, um, the, the lack of enthusiasm for
1: um, English sporting teams. Once you,
0: once you do some reading
1: around. I think it's a, ma- it's a massive failure of the educational system in England that nobody knows what, britain did to its nearest neighbor for 800 years and then yeah. people go on holiday to ireland and be like why don't they like us
0: <laughs> well that's a very uh light note to end the podcast <laughs> we're at, we're, <laughs> uh, yeah so um that week the troubles next week we, we, we will be talking about the um brutal uh, putting down of various insurrections and uprisings in uh, colonial india uh um uh, yeah uh happy days Matthew, Kerry's ill. People will want to reach out and uh, wish her uh, a speedy recovery. Where will they be doing that?
1: Well, they can get in touch with her on Twitter, uh, at the Cider Shed Pod on Twitter, which you were helming yesterday, weren't you, Peter? Yeah, I was quite angrily. Kerry was having her opposable thumbs had failed her. (laughs) And we are on Instagram, ever growing, at the Cider Shed Pod is also our moniker there. And we have a Facebook group called The Cider Shed Podcast, which is growing as well. People popping in and out. Um, Liam was in touch to give Carrie a bit of stick about her pronunciation of advantageous <laughs> that she said last week. Um, <laughs> liking it to um, Nigella Lawson's pronunciation of microwave, which I am un- mm. unfamiliar with. By the way, can you say visage in a Vince Casey accent? just uh, so well, Vince Rodney, uh, so Visage. Exactly. Uh, how they missed that as an 80s band that he would be into, I don't Visage. know.
0: Visage? No, no, that's more Australian. No. Visage, wouldn't it be? Because they're down so. down on the yes, yeah It would be that, yeah. If you want to um, get in touch uh, via email, it is hello at the cidershed.com. We'd love to hear from you. Um, please, please, please um, write us a review. Um, we are going to be experimenting with adverts in the next few weeks sometime this month it's a year of doing the podcast everyone else seems to do adverts we uh, so we'll be doing it and then um so give us some feedback about that please because we want to get it right we want it we want it to be enough enough adverts to sort of help help you know uh make this worth our while in terms of pay some of the costs and stuff but equally we don't want it to be you know off putting to you guys. So uh feedback on that will be gratefully received as and when we um when we instigate them. That'll be happening in the next couple of weeks. Um yeah, so Matthew, it's been a lot of fun for me. Um obviously there's a massive carry shaped hole. Um I don't think we filled it, but we've done our best, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean we'll always do our best trying to fill a carry shaped hole.
0: You've <laughs> you've you, you, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, anyway, um, <laughs> look after yourself, Kerry. Look after yourself, everyone else. <laughs> okay,
1: see everyone. Bye. Hello.